Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to the PeteCallanerShow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. I uh, got a bunch of emails here. So what uh, I spent, you know, six hours more about uh, probably about seven or eight total watching the hearing yesterday, cutting up the audio. But Paul, the troll has called in. And so we've been kind of working through some stuff. Um, he's on the Twitter machine and he he engages very much on the radio as he does on the Twitter machine as well. And so uh, right there in the last bit, he said uh, that uh, uh, he called me MAGA. Uh, I said I wasn't, uh, and he said, he, I guess he doesn't believe that or whatever, but he said uh, that I exhibit every trait of every MAGA, which, I don't know, every trait of, so I guess every single person that votes for and supports Donald Trump, every single person shares every single trait with me, which I find also kind of funny because I, I see some of the similar traits in him, but, you know, whatever, Um And then he said that I doxed him because I used his name, his first name, first name only, which, by the way, I point out, I used his first name and I went and found out who he is because his friend threatened me. And I told Paul before the news, I said, I'm going to put you on hold. And he's still on hold as far as I know. So I'm going to pull him back up here and we'll see how it goes for the next segment because, uh, but just to read through some of the stuff here that I've been getting. In the meantime, I've got a bunch of messages. I can't believe I am listening to the radio version of Twitter right now. <laughs> LOL. Um, Pete, uh, your ability to suffer fools is a superpower. I could not put up with it. Mark says uh, he really doesn't understand words have no meaning. Uh, all right, that's somebody else saying that was a different thing. This is... Uh, Oh, that's from an earlier tweet. And that's a segment. Okay, so that's from the direct messages. Um, and uh, I'm curious, uh, Pete, are, are you, or no, this is directed to Paul. Are you uh, professionally certified to diagnose people with anger management issues, or are you projecting? That's a good question. Paul does not like the armchair psychiatry. Um, in... I don't know what that's about. Uh, sorry, just going through it. I want, you know, because I think he's still on hold, and so I'm going to just make sure he gets all of these things. Um, love it, Pete. Uh, it is very entertaining. The way he talks to people. Okay, I won't. That's not, I mean, that's just insulting. I'm not going to, okay, I'm not going to convey that to him. Um, <laughs> Monica says, we still don't care what his name is. <laughs> uh, this is Comedy Gold. What's sad is that he talks the way he tweets. Uh, indeed, he, he very much does. Um, ask the guy what color the sky is in his world, and uh, does Paul have a job? Uh, somebody else diagnoses him as narcissist. He has yet to make a point on anything. He talks in an infinite loop. Um, okay, tuning in. Okay, I'll just... I, all right, I'll leave it there, and now we'll see, because... Um, 
I, I do have to acknowledge here, there is a bit of a power dynamic. I can put Paul on hold, and I can even hang up on him if I want to, or if he curses or something, you know, which he's done very very good. Like, a lot of times people get into arguments, and they don't, uh, uh, they, they kind of get, you know, riled up, and they'll start cursing. But he hasn't done that, so that's great. Um, but the uh, But there is a power dynamic at play here, uh, which a lot of people don't understand, which is, like, there's an expectation that I'm going to get the better of Paul in a fight like this. So that's why a lot of hosts won't even engage with people like this because there really isn't any upside. Because if I, quote, win, whatever that means, that's expected. So that's the baseline, right? And if I lose, then it's like, oh, my gosh, you know, that's terrible. And to be clear here, I'm not even sure what the debate is over, except he doesn't believe me when I said that I didn't vote for Donald Trump either time, that in the 2016 primary, I risked my career arguing against Donald Trump, against my audience that was very much pro-Trump. And I have managed to make a living as a talk show host on conservative talk stations, talking with a lot of Trump supporters. I've been able to do so while being critical of Donald Trump. He doesn't believe this. And he also said that uh, all of that, all what I've just outlined, that that doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is how I voted in the privacy of the of the voting booth. And he called me a liar for saying that I didn't vote for him. He believes this is his this is what initially started this discussion was that he believes I went into the voting booth in a purple state and I pulled the lever for Donald Trump. And then I went on the radio and I told thousands of people that I didn't do that. Because the risk there is far greater personally than the risk of, like, voting against Trump in the ballot box, in the voting booth, right? So that's what started all of this. And I said, I'm, I'm not MAGA. And he wants to believe that I am. He wants to assert that I am. And then he said, words have no meaning. And so I, I called him a pedophile. Well, words don't have any meaning, right? Your standard. That's what you're saying. So that brings us to part two of the call. Let's see if he's still there. Hello, Paul. Are you still there? Oh, yeah, I'm here. All right. Well, good. good. All right. Very good. All right. So I thought I would uh, give everybody a recap as to how we got to where we are. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's, you know, you got, you had your, you know, five minutes of, you know, unfiltered, uh, you know, you were allowed to talk, right? So let's, let's dive into one thing at a time. First, you said, you said, my friend, I'm not going to say his name because it's way too, um, way too easy to find. Um, so, but you said my friend, he threatened you, correct? That's what you said. Yeah, you're somebody on Twitter that's your, your self-described friend on Twitter that, uh, uh, that said, you do homes or something for VFW, which good for you. Um, but, uh, and so if you wanted to run a skip trace on me to find out where I am, uh, that he could do that. Okay, so I, I read, because he took me off that part of the thread. Okay. Um, he's a bit of a warrior. He, he protects me. You know, he's, he, he doesn't want to get me in trouble. Like, he, he's my best friend, but he, you know, he overlooks me like a helicopter uh, grandfather. But go ahead and read the actual tweet and tell me where he threatened you. Because your readers, I mean, your listeners deserve to hear the actual threat. If you've got it in front of you, it. go ahead and read no, no, it. No, just read it. I, I don't have it in front of me. Oh, come on, Pete. I don't. You said he threatened you. Yeah. Okay. He threatened That's what that was. What, well, hang on, hang on. Let me ask you this then, Paul. What would you think if I said to you that I can get my military buddies to run a skip trace and find out where you are at any time? What would you take that as? 
Because I think he said, hey, I'm giving you a heads up. Mm-hmm. Did he say that? Yeah, I'm giving you a heads up. Mm-hmm. Okay, so so did he did he threaten you or did he give you a heads up? He said, I'm giving you a heads up. My buddy has VFW contacts and he can run a skip trace on you. Just letting you know. And so I thanked him for that. I said, I appreciate letting me know that your uh, friend might be a stalker and I should be worried. And then he said, oh, I didn't say that. But again, Paul, I've been doing this a long time. I know what threats look like. And I know I, I I recognize them, and that's what that was. That was an intimidation tactic to say, "Oh, I know where you." He can find out where you live, and then he can do something about it. No, because I, you know, here's the thing. Well, There's words no have meaning, Paul. Words have meaning. Uh, so they they do have meaning. What? Why would Why would you run a skip trace on me? Why would he feel the need to tell me that? I said, Pete, was it me who said I would? I don't care. I'm asking why would he say that? Why would he feel the need to tell me to give me a heads up that you could run a trace on me? Like I said, that was one he said, you know what? I Why? What does it mean? I don't know. I didn't tell him. You I don't know? You don't know what it means to trace somebody? Why you would tell somebody, I can track you down? Why would you say that to somebody, Paul? Pete, again, Pete, you're not, you're not hearing. On purpose, though. I know you can hear it, but you're doing it on purpose. Did I say it? Yes or no? It doesn't matter if you well, yes, said it. it. No, it doesn't. See, it does. Okay, it doesn't. So you're responsible for all the people, because you met everybody in the world, right? Well, you have as well, because nobody knew your name. Correct. Nobody knew your name either. Okay, so here it is. I have, I have the tweet. Ready? Yeah, read it. He took me off of it. Pete, I'm going to give you a fair heads up, mostly because I think you're an idiot and you can't really defend yourself. He owns multiple rental properties, and some he allows the VFW to rent and Habitat for Humanity, by the way. He has two skip trace programs, basically for when people skip out on me. Okay. That that you added that part. Now you you, you added sorry. that part. That last part. Yeah, that part I added. Yeah, you, right. So if you're going to read the tweet, Paul, no, no, then no, read no, the no, actual tweet. If he wants, he'll know where you live. Mm-hmm. Do with that what you want. Mm-hmm. I know you'll act tough, so go ahead. Right. Do so re- so I'm so doing this for him, not you. I'm still reading, Pete. Hold on. You got to go back I'm to the very beginning, Paul. Go okay, back to the very beginning. So we're going to do it your way. Okay, it's right. my show. I get paid whether or not this works. So yes. So so yes, Paul, the very first said. part, the very first I part. Do things in bad faith, but you're controlling what I say. Well, I got you. I'm not controlling what you say. I'm telling no, you to read the first sentence fine, again, Paul. See, you're doing it again. You're talking over me. It is my show. So you got to okay. read the first sentence again. Go ahead. Pete, I'm going to give you a fair heads up. Next sentence. Mostly because I think you're an idiot and you can't really defend yourself. What does that mean, Paul? Okay, Pete, do you not know the words? Like, which word are you having difficulty with? What does it mean when he says you can't defend yourself? What does that mean? Probably that you aren't like a fighter type of guy. And why would that matter if I'm not being threatened? Why would it matter? Yeah, why, why, would, why would my ability to defend myself physically matter if I'm not being threatened? Because in the first part of the sentence, he says, mostly because I think you're an idiot. And you can't defend yourself. No, mostly because I think you're an idiot, and and that joins the other part of the sentence, and you can't defend yourself. Right, so you're an idiot. So you're going to be an idiot, mm-hmm. like you're not going to stop, like mm-hmm. you aren't now, mm-hmm. and you can't really defend yourself. Like you're Which gonna means what? Guys that, you know, your ego has to get in the way. Which means what? And you're going to keep going. Which means what? You're an idiot. Which means what? What do you... You 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 refused, Paul, and I'm going to put you on hold. You refused. You refused to see what is plain in front of you, and I understand why. This is what's called cognitive dissonance. You don't want to see it. You don't want to acknowledge what it is, and it is a threat. He literally says, "He can find me. 
He can try. You have a skip trace program that you can find me, and I can't. You probably can't physically defend yourself. That is a threat, Paul. That's what law enforcement says. Just a heads up. Oh, hey, real quick, before I forget, Carolina Readiness Supply is prepping for its annual Heritage Life Skills event. It's coming up in July, and you can learn how to be better prepared and self-sufficient in the event of any emergency. Things like homesteading, canning, water storage, radio communications, herbal remedies, home defense, fermenting vegetables, all sorts of stuff. This is what Carolina Readiness Supply does. For beginners all the way to the most experienced preppers, Carolina Readiness Supply can help. Get your tickets now at carolinareadiness.com. That's carolinareadiness.com. Veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply. Will you be ready when the lights go out? I, uh, this is Jan. I am dumber for having listened to Paul. How can anybody have a conversation like that when they're sober? As much as I enjoy listening to you, I cannot take it anymore. Thanks for ruining my drive home. I don't care what your name is. I don't care where you live. Just get off of my radio. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, sorry about that. Um, yeah, no, it's, look, I am one that walks towards the, walks towards the fights. And so, like, when you have the, when you have these fights, like, I, I, I bring them here. This is the point. Unchallenged ideas are easy to hold. Um, I don't have much time left. I'm going to bring him back for one more segment. Paul, you are warned. You have one more segment, and it's only going to be a couple minutes because we ran way late for the last time. Um, So let me get him back on. Terry, I will get to your call as well. If you want to hang on, Terry, I will get to you as well. But, Paul, we have about three minutes, but uh, I want to ask you, what is your objective in uh, this call and and to a larger degree, uh, the way you behave on Twitter and the way you interact with people on Twitter. So first, what's your objective in making this call? My objective with this call was to prove that I could still ask you questions, even on the radio, and you would still not answer them. Do you think you've succeeded in that objective? 100%. Okay. Why is it important for you to ask questions and get answers? Uh, Pete, we can skip over that question, right? I mean, no, you why? just asked me a question, and you want an answer to it, correct? No, well, I'm asking you why it's important to you, because you also put that in your profile, I noticed, and it's the way you engage, you interrogate, like, everybody you come across. And so I'm curious why it's important for you to get these answers to the questions that you pose to people that you don't like. You, that's who you mainly interact with. So I'm curious, like, you call the show to ask me questions to try to make me answer questions you want me to answer, but... I'm asking you, why is that important for you to get me to answer your question? Well, you just said it yourself on your show, right? You just said, like, you walk towards the issue because that's the way you get to find things out. Questions are used to find things out. So when I ask you, you know, questions you don't want to answer, like, do words have meaning? Or, you know, did I say what, you know, the, the other guy tweeted and you don't want to answer those questions, right? I mean, we know I, why. Well, I did. I did answer both of those questions, actually. No, you didn't. Well, of course, I did. Just okay, because so I answered the meaning, yes or no. Of course, they do. You're the one that said okay, they don't. So, okay, so when you called me a pedophile, you meant it. Now, no. Um, yeah, yeah, word no. meaning, Pete. Okay, no. Moving on from that. What? It, no, did no, I, no, Paul. Paul, see, here's the what? problem. Paul, see, see here's there you go again. Oh, no, it's Paul. A, it's Paul, a, I'm not going to allow. All right, we're done. Now we're done because I'm not going to allow un uh, untrue assertions to stand unchallenged. And what you just stated there, and you've done this before, is you reframe people's answers and then you reject information because you don't ask questions to seek truth. 
You ask questions to interrogate as a form of argument. You know this. You just admitted to as much, right? You're an interrogator. You rely on that tactic. I understand. I do the same thing oftentimes. But here's the thing, Paul. I was applying your standard to you. That was the troll. It's amazing to me you didn't get that. I think you did. I said words have meaning. You said they do not. So I adopted your standard for the purpose of trolling you as you troll everyone else with your stupid questions that you demand answers to. You need to answer the question. And you think you make this point when you ask loaded, bad faith, leading, straw man, false dichotomy questions, and people refuse to play your game. And then you cite that as some sort of proof that you won. It's sad, man. It's sad. And that's why you got banned from Twitter. I did see also he's he, he's continuing to tweet while he's on the phone like this is yes Ikifu exactly this is what the troll craves is all of the attention he did also divulge which I knew but he divulged on Twitter that uh, he was a psychology major but he doesn't use it uh, in his career um, but he was a psychology major which proves the point that my uh, my friend from college who was also a psych major said uh, that all the people who take psychology they are crazy. Uh, because they want to fix themselves first. I, I don't know if it's true. I'm just, look, I'm just relaying some information. All right. Terry, thanks for hanging on so long. Welcome to the program. How are you? Hey, Pete. Hey. I am not taking nowhere near as much uh, time. Um, in my humble opinion. Oh, my goodness. Terry, yeah, I can't, really, Terry, you're breaking up your light. Are you on a speakerphone or something? No, I'm on my phone. Oh, no. Can you hear me now? No, it sounds pretty terrible. I'll tell you what, Terry, call. I'm going to put you on hold, but call right back. Call right back, and we'll get you right back on because you waited a very long time. So I apologize for that. You waited a very long time. Um, but call, uh, hang up, call back immediately, and we'll get you right on. Um, Robert says, I guess Mr. Paul does not, uh, nor his friend, listen to your program, or they would know. Well, yeah, okay, yes, that is true. I'm not going to say what, right. There's no reason. There's no reason to show my cards. Right. But P.S., according to Rush, Paul was the perfect caller. <laughs> That's right. Uh, and uh, Mark says, Pete, Paul uses facts like a drunk uses a lamppost for support, not illumination. All right, we got Terry back. Thank you, Terry. Let's hope we got a better connection here. How you sound now? Let's hear. Um, hey, Pete. Hey, all right. Yes, much better, much clearer. <clears throat> um, I won't take up near as much time, <laughs> uh, but uh, in my humble opinion, you are a true wordsmith, and well, my comment you. is in response to Paul. Uh, since he knows the true meaning of every word in the English language, he must know the meaning of the word epitome. And in my uh, my opinion, he is the epitome of stupidity for trying to debate you on any subject. <laughs> he's just a, he's well, just a legend in his own mind. No, that's all right. And that's all I had to say. No, I I, I appreciate the use of the word epitome. I thought it was what happened when you threw, like, spoiled peaches at people. But, uh, no. <laughs> no. I, I appreciate it. All right, Terry, appreciate the call. Um, look, and I, 
That's why I asked Paul uh, at the end there what his objective was, right? Because you know me, I'm a giver, and I'm you know I, I'm all about solutions and and bringing people together about stuff. And so I wanted to you know see if there was a way to uh, to to get him feeling good about the interaction because I get the sense that he engaged. It's not even I get the sense. I know this to be the case because I went through and I looked at his timeline. You know, after I get a threat, uh, and I've had. Several of them over the course of my life. Uh, they usually come via social media. They come, you know, more now. But it, Paul's not the first one, or his friend. They're not the first ones to uh, to threaten over the internet, me or my family or anything else. Like that's not that's not the first time that has happened. And to be clear, Paul wasn't the one that said it. His friend did, but he also acknowledged, like he knows that friend, and that's his friend, and his friend is his quote unquote protector. But he couldn't even bring himself to acknowledge what it was that he wrote there, which was, you're, you're more of an idiot than you can defend yourself. So, you know, but, so he wanted to give me a heads up. And so I, like, I thanked him, the friend. I thanked that friend of his. Because I, I didn't know who I was dealing with. I'm just having this argument with a guy on Twitter. And his friend pops in to say, hey, I know him in real life. And or, I think he said that. But uh, he's like, oh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm friends with him. And I know all this about him. And he does all this good stuff. And uh, and I know you're an idiot and you can't defend yourself physically, right? So he can run a trace on you and find out where you are. That's a threat. That's intimidation, right? That's intimidation. That's that's you need to just shut up and walk away, run away from this fight because he can come and hurt you. That's what that was. I recognize it as such. Um, and yet, to, here's an email from Chris. In my 62 years, caller slash tweeter Paul's presence exhibited the most pure and highest concentration of hate I have ever heard. And uh, I'm not sure Paul is open to hearing this, but Chris is exactly right. And... um. Like, I'm going to go ahead and block Paul, which I think is what he actually angles for, because there isn't any point for me to carry on this this uh, relationship, because it's toxic, right? So I, I cut that stuff out of my life, and Paul has made points that like he prides himself on not blocking anybody, but he forces them to block him, and then he, you know, spikes the ball and, look at me, I got him to block I've never really understood that either. I see that on Twitter a lot, where people... They take pride in, in, you know, all the people that have blocked them. And, um, like, I'll point out when someone blocks me when I've never interacted with them or I ask them a question or I make a point and then they immediately block me or something. But when there comes a point where this is a toxic relationship, like, I'm doing it for him because he needs this. But before I do, and hopefully he's still hearing this, and this is from Chris, and, you know, Paul, rely on your psychology background here. Um. This is what you're putting out into the world, you know, and it's it's really nasty. And I know there are some people that egg you on and that like it and they're addicted to that hate and rage as well. And it's easy to get addicted to the hate and rage. Absolutely. I get it. But it'll just eat you up, man. Don't drive angry. As uh, the philosopher King Bill Murray said, um, yeah, life's too short, but that that. That interaction was, uh, it, and I think it exhibited some signs of, um, 
psychological abuse that's inflicted on others, uh, where it's like the, the, the constant barrage of the interrogation, you know? And so what I would do is ask him the questions each time, and he, you, he, he's like, why do you have to keep asking it back to me, right? That's by design. It's a disarming technique. I'm sure he knows that. But, all right, we had our fun with Paul. Hopefully he takes something positive away from it, but probably not. Um, I did have a whole bunch of audio. I spent, like, hours last night pulling all this audio. I've got one, one last clip that I can play here. It's of Matt Gates, but not the clip everybody else is playing. I got a better clip. I think it's a better clip. I think you will, too. All right, now you've heard me talk about them. Old Grouch's Military Surplus. They're expanding with more ways to get your hands on authentic U.S. military surplus items. Go to oldgrouch.com. Check out the links for the online auctions for rare finds and the vintage shop. Unique, really cool items from modern tactical gear to historical collectibles. Tim at Old Grouch's is always finding new stuff. When I started the podcast at the beginning of the pandemic, my first advertiser was Old Grouch's. If you enjoy the show and derive any value from it, I'm hoping that you will consider supporting one of the businesses that make it possible. Lots of gift ideas for that person who loves the military style for fashion or decor. There really is something for everyone at Old Grouch's Military Surplus in beautiful downtown Clyde and online at oldgrouch.com. All right. So before we got derailed with the uh, Twitter troll, um, Joseph Mifsud, the Maltese UK dual citizen professor guy who planted the information with... George Papadopoulos, who then conveyed that to the Australian diplomat, who then conveyed that to the FBI, who then launched Crossfire Hurricane, even though they were told that the Hillary Clinton campaign had a, quote, Clinton plan that was going to run a propaganda op to tie uh, Trump to Russia. Okay, And then that was never conveyed to the investigators that were that were actually uh running the Crossfire Hurricane probe. So, all of that being said, here's Matt Gates yesterday uh, with his questioning of John Durham. Hard to say who Mifsud is. Oh, hang on a second. He's the guy. I need to stop. All right. They attempted to interview... Durham said they attempted to interview Joseph Mifsud, but they could never get a hold of him. Is he a Western intelligence source? Is he an agent? Right? And... That's when uh, Durham said, it's hard to say. And that's what prompted Gates to say this. Hard to say who Mifsud is. He's the guy who started the whole thing. We've known it for years. Go ahead and play the video. When the special counsel's office interviewed Mifsud, did he lie to you guys too? Can't get into that. Did you interview Mifsud? Can't get into that. Is Mifsud Western intelligence or Russian intelligence? Can't get into that. Well, I'm reading from your report. Mifsud told Papadopoulos, Papadopoulos tells the diplomat, the diplomat tells the FBI, the FBI opens the investigation July 31st, 2016, and here we are three years later, July of 2019, the country's been put through this, and the central figure who launches it all lies to us, and you guys don't hunt him down and interview him again, and you don't charge him with a crime. That was when Jim Jordan was questioning Robert Mueller, because Robert Mueller didn't track down Mifsud. Maybe a better course of action is to figure out how the false accusation started. Maybe it's to go back and actually figure out why Joseph Mifsud was lying to the FBI. And here's the good news. Here's the good news. That's exactly what Bill Barr is doing. 
And thank goodness for that. That's exactly what the Attorney General and John Durham are doing. Well, Mr. Durham, was that what you were doing? It, I'm sorry, is that what? Was finding out who Mifsud was, what you were doing? And we pursued um, that avenue, yes. Right, but was he... This whole thing was an op, Mr. Durham. This wasn't like a bumbling, fumbling FBI that like, couldn't get FISA straight. They ran an op. So who put Mifsud in play? You don't know, do you? I do not know that. I can't but give you the for answer. For years, you had years to find out the answer to what Mr. Jordan said was the seminal question, and you don't have it. And it, it, just, it just begs the question whether or not you were really trying to find that out. Because it's one thing to, to criticize the FBI for their FISA violations, to write a report. They've been criticized in plenty of reports. Some have referred to your work as just a repackaging and regurgitation of what the Inspector General already told us. So if you, if you weren't going to do what Mr. Jordan said you were going to do in that video and give us the basis for all of it, what's this all been about? Well, I'm not exactly sure the import of your question. If, you, if your question is, do we try to locate and interview Mr. Mifsud, the answer is yes. Why didn't you subpoena him? We expended... Wait, why didn't you subpoena him to a grand jury? I'm sorry, why not? Why didn't you send him a grand jury subpoena? Mr. Mifsud? You'd have to find Mr. Mifsud before you could serve a grand jury subpoena on him. Well, you guys were out in Italy. Was it you and Bill Barr looking for authentic pasta over there or Mifsud? <laughs> no, we, uh, we not. Um, we were looking for information that might help us locate Mifsud. But you know who I think could probably locate him? The features of, uh, of Western intelligence and possibly our own government that put him in play. Like, your report seems to be less a, an indictment of the FBI and more of an inoculation. And that's why Gates went on to Twitter and said Durham is part of a cover-up. And there are people uh, on the right who are just as critical of John Durham and the product that he made here um, as there are people on the left. I mean, they like Ted Lieu called him a hack. You know, they attacked him personally yesterday. But what what Gates is talking about here is like, why why wouldn't you have devoted this effort and these energies to get the source of where it all came from. And then I'm just going to play this clip for you because I just found it funny. It's Troy Nels. He's a Republican out of Texas. And, uh, well, uh, he brings in another member of the House Oversight Committee who was one who got booted off of Intel. And it's not Schiff. It's Swalwell. Page 15 of your report, it says that in the summer and fall of 2016, Dolan and Denchenko traveled to Moscow in connection with a business conference. The business conference was held at the Ritz-Carlton in Moscow, which according to the Steele reports, was allegedly the site of salacious sexual conduct on the part of Trump. Parents, if you're watching, earmuffs for your kids now, folks. Earmuffs. Put earmuffs for your children. Earmuffs. Mr. Durham, was this salacious sexual conduct? What is that? Um, the allegation was that... Um, okay, don't, don't answer it. I will. <laughs> okay. Think about this, America. In the game of politics, it gets dirty and nasty. And the people will say anything to beat their opponent. But this is the government doing it. Even the director of the FBI, Comey, said, it's possible Trump was with hookers peeing on each other. Christopher Steele said an infamous Trump pee tape probably exists. Alleged pee tape incident was the only sex Trump party in Russia. You want to irritate the suburban mom at home? Five months before an election, tell them the Republican leading candidate is peeing on prostitutes. We are aware of the member of this committee having an alleged affair with a Chinese spy. I refer to as yum yum. But this is a new law for anyone. And I would hope Mr. Swalwell would agree with me. Imagine if somebody would have said and taken it a step further. Mr. Swalwell was, was peeing on yum yum. 
see what I mean? I just, uh, you're welcome. You're not going to hear that clip. You're not going to hear that clip on any of the cable stations, let alone the terrestrial broadcast ones. You're welcome. Here's the big takeaway. The FBI leadership withheld, knowingly withheld, evidence that was pertinent to the Crossfire Hurricane investigation. And the source of all of the allegations, Joseph Mifsud, cannot be located. This, uh, this academic, I'm guessing wearing a cardigan with patches on the elbows, he is apparently a master spy who is able to disappear in any location on the face of the earth, like Indiana Jones foretold. So, oh well, guess we'll never know who started that rumor, huh? Move along, nothing to see here. All right. We'll see you tomorrow. I start at 11 a.m. Vince Coakley's up next. Stick around and uh, don't break anything while I'm gone.